0: to Houndsy, the Steel Army Podcast. I'm Dan Yost. And the Hounds come back not once, not twice, and then try to give it away on their own before eventually advancing to the Eastern Conference Semifinal with a big 2-2 draw, 8-7 on penalties. Uh, Kind of a win over Birmingham, Alabama. And to talk about it, I got a couple of cool dudes first of them is a Seth Seth what's good man
1: happened over the last week and that is that yak has been upgraded to a cool dude because last week you had diminished him out of the cool dudes club so I'm not sure exactly what happened here I wasn't at
2: Bulldogs but yeah that's why he's a cool dude because
0: he went to Bulldogs
2: Look at Seth bringing up receipts
1: out
0: here. I know. Well, I, at first, I I, was, I almost went down that same uh, joke again. I was like, no, I can't do it two weeks tomorrow. That'd be mean.
1: Last week, it's receipt season. I have the screenshots of the USL show. Oh, here Nobody we go. Nobody picking the hounds last week. It, it hounds in the bottom tier of the chances to win the cup. And guess who's in the Eastern Conference semifinals? Here we are. October twenty sixth. We're still talking about our team in the playoffs, so you know it's receipt season. Keep them handy. We're not accountants, but we have receipts.
0: Glad someone around here is willing to do that because it's it's certainly not going to be me. And uh, join us, a guy who has been upgraded to the the cool kids club. Uh, even though I'm probably not the person who should be designating people as cool or uncool, but he was at Bulldog Pub, so we'll put him in the cool kids club. My yak. What's good? Yak.
2: Yoast, I am dead. I am deceased. I no longer am. Perhaps I never was, but I definitely no longer be.
0: How many times did your heart stop uh, Sunday night?
2: Let's do four, I'm going to say. All right. Just the amount of times I tried jumping... I had so much energy. I almost tried to jump into the ceiling because the hounds make me feel some type of way.
0: <laughs> Sports are dumb. I got really Sports loose on the. So uh, I got loose on the on the Twitter. After like every every the first half, second half, first extra time, second overtime, I got more and more loose with it, a little more belligerent. It felt good. It felt damn good.
1: I love it. I was it. fighting the. uh I was fighting the old man game because uh, we went over to my mom's for dinner and she made a big thing of wedding soup and italian sausage and meatball sandwiches so i was like an in indigestion hell and then that game goes the way that it does i'm like literally sitting there like on the edge of the couch just like hands like hands around my throat indigestion anxious dying inside not sure if I'm having a heart attack, cold sweat. I was fine, but it was, uh, it was, it was, it was hell Sunday.
0: It was hell Sunday. It, it was one of those days where you're, I mean, as you're halfway through that, you're starting to question, I mean, why, why do you voluntarily put yourself through this? Um, but then the 20th PK goes in and and that's why you go through it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's let's lead off from there. Uh, Hounds go down to Birmingham, where they were not very successful a uh, month and a half ago. When they they get the job done enough, advance uh, the lineup. Starting lineup, I think this is basically what everyone was expecting. Wait, and net Rivera, Williams, Ordonez, Wheat in your back line. Midfield of uh, Forbes and Griffin. Uh, Ciceroi kind of left attacking Mertz in the middle Dixon down the right Dequa up top on his own No real surprises in that starting lineup at least not to me uh, Seth is that I mean we talked about it a little bit last week, but it was that your expectation uh, For what Bob was gonna put out there for Birmingham
1: Confident that that's pretty much the exact 11 I said to go with so uh, I was I was happy when I saw the lineup, uh, and I think they uh, they
2: played like I would expect them to.
0: Yak, yeah, pleased with what you saw? Forty five minutes to the kickoff.
2: Yeah, I was fine with it. I was hoping Toby Sims would start, but I admittedly don't know where I'm gonna stick him, and I'm pretty in favor of. Peters over started over starting Macau Williams, but in terms of that platoon, I think Bob likes Williams more. But you know, aside from that, it's hard to complain about anything on that starting lineup. That's that's all the big guns that you would have expected to start.
0: Yeah, and I mean the bench was was Sims, Kara Rosales, July Peters, uh, the Super Weapon, uh, and this uh, this little loney we got from New England, Eddie Kizza. And then Mark Ibera, all of them got into the the game. Uh, The only person who didn't was the backup keeper, Silva. Um, But yeah, man. Good stuff. Uh, Just coming out of the game, I I like the formation. I like the play. Maybe a little little, uh, cautious, shall we say, especially through the first half hour or so but maybe it's just what you're supposed to expect in playoff soccer. Everyone being a little, not wanting to make the big mistake. Um, I really liked what Rivera was given down the down the left side. Had a couple of looks. Mertz had one, just pushed a little, little wide, um, let Van will get to it for, so he could fingertip it out. Another one kind of, Got some contact on it while I was off balance. Didn't do much with it. But Half hour in, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll ask where you guys were at. I was. It felt very even through the first half hour. Um, Yak, did you feel there was one team that was clearly on the front foot at any point before, let's say before halftime?
2: No. Um, I, I saw your feeling... Uh, Someone who shared your feelings from Birmingham on Reddit like this is this was an even game and maybe even Pittsburgh was better at no point did I thought we had the upper hand. We had uh, a couple decent looks throughout the match, but it felt like Birmingham was clearly getting deeper in our in our end and was firing off a lot of good looks. And some of them were lucky to have either been pushed wide or that weight got his hands on. I, I thought Birmingham had control. For just about the entire whole 120 minutes.
0: See, I wasn't sure if they had control, but they definitely had the better looks at net. Uh, without you know no spoilers here, but uh, I mean, I, I think in terms of shot stopping, Molly Waite just had a, a fucking masterclass of two and a half hours.
2: Balled out. Yeah,
0: Seth. Uh, let's say we're going to halftime. You're 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 watching uh, only with the family, so you're not getting the the full emotional wreck of an entire bar felt the hounds were were comfortably in it after 45 minutes
1: i i think if i would have had to like give it a, a position at that time i would have said it probably it felt like it was like 55 45 birmingham um I, I felt like they had the better of the chances but i think you know one of the biggest things of it was was You know, Waite did, I kind of talked about this last week, Wait did get that kind of first shot. It was, like, directly at his chest. He was able to handle it confidently. Uh, and then he got that one big uh, save that he kind of he parried away, sent it up into the air. They were able to clear it away. Uh, so I think he was able to kind of settle in and get the match underneath him. Um, you know, you, you touched on, you know, Robbie. Robbie really dribbled in there well. Uh, I think it was. I think I feel like it was in the first fifteen or maybe the first twenty minutes. He he went down uh, and kind of was uh, like Kavita kind of put an arm out on him, and he went down and kind of got up like he was looking for a pen call. No, oh, he was. Looking I didn't for really it. see. It. I didn't really see anything of substance there. I wasn't like throwing the remote on that one or anything like that. I thought he got an opportunity clean off and. Uh, a guy that looks like he could be playing middle linebacker in the NFL put his tree trunk arm on him and sent him to the turf. So
2: I, did, I didn't necessarily see anything there. But I think. I, 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 I guess. Uh, I agree. I just wanted to say I agreed with that statement, Seth. I'm sorry. I like I said. I think it
1: was very even. It felt like a, you know, it felt like a UFC title fight. They came out and kind of were feeling each other out through the first half, uh, trading some punches and, uh, what, like you said, Dan, what you would expect out of a playoff soccer match.
0: So then you get into the second half, uh, still a little back and forth. And then you typically get the, the bodily subs at the hour mark, uh, waits till 70 minutes into it. Get the first, uh, get the first subs of the match. And that is, uh, Toby Simms coming on for Alex Dixon, which is probably the more surprising of the two, and then Kelly Rosales is coming on for Shane Wheat. At that point, Wheat was on a on the only uh, caution of the match, so there was a little bit of logic, at least on that part, of, of certainly not wanting to go man down in a game like this, where he could be playing 120 minutes. Uh, Dixon, to me, was was fine through 70 minutes but not outstanding um, so the sub makes sense and obviously you don't know where everyone's legs are at uh, yeah liking those subs at that point or you want to see you know especially Dixon who was in the ring for player of the year has been one of the stronger players the Hounds have had for the past couple of seasons uh, being the first guy taken off in a playoff game
2: I, I was pretty content with it. He was, I, I would say, uh, not particularly notable in this game, and it's not like he's been in his uh, player of the year form, in my opinion, over the last like three months. So it's not like I was, I was like, just wait for him to turn it around. I, I've been waiting for him to turn it around for a couple months. Um, I didn't notice it at the time, but I'm, I'm kind of looking at because I wrote down the formation. They, he subbed. Bob Lilly subbed by side. Like, Dixon and Wheat were both playing all the way on the right. They subbed him out together. And the next two subs were playing all the way on the left. I thought that was weird, uh, or notable, I should say. Um, I was I was pretty fine with it, both subs. I think they make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, the Wheat one, I mean, I, 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 my first thought was that's a little weird, but Resolves is a bit more attacking. And then, again, Wheat on the caution made sense. Uh Seth, any chance that Toby found his way into the game sooner based off his performance last week? Or uh, it was just time to make that change?
1: It felt like Bob's riding a little bit of a hot hand uh, in that case. Um, I, I do, you know, you, you mentioned like Bob usually likes to stick around the 60-minute mark for that first sub, I think, in – when you have a match that you have the opportunity to potentially play 120, I think you probably elongate that initial window a little bit further. Uh, so I, I I wasn't shocked to see Bob wait longer than normal. I think, like, when I see the clock start hitting that 60-minute mark, I start trying to look to see who's, like, going over and talking to the fourth official. Uh, but it, there wasn't really any noise there. Uh, but, yeah, I think I know – Toby Sims has kind of shown himself as this little bit of a spark plug off the bench. So for him to come in for... I was honestly surprised that it was Dixon that early, and it wasn't... It seems like in matches that the wings aren't getting much... Or aren't attacking very effectively. It seems like he likes to pull Russ before Dixon, but obviously that wasn't the case because... Russ went the full 130, uh, so um, I, w- I was kind of shocked that it was Dixon and not Russ, though. Yeah, I, because
0: Dixon's guy who also eats up a lot of minutes, so that part surprised me as well. If, if it wasn't a a legs, you know, uh, fitness thing, but you never know this far in the season how guys are doing. I had not even considered the fact that he was taking off sides at the time uh starting with the right here in the 70th minute but that kind of adds a little wrinkle to it that i had not considered before jump ahead to the 72nd minute uh proper cassine scores off of uh one assist i'm gonna lump both these goals together into a little bit here on my views of it Artdo Ardonia's maybe a little soft on his markings, and at least that's how am reading it. Um, and Kasim gets a little open space and uh, and buries it. Yak, what was your your read on this goal? Superior play by Birmingham or, or a little bit soft defense from the Hounds?
2: Um, which one was this? Was this the uh, the free kick? Yes, the free kick,
0: the second, yeah, yeah then the, the header, and then the soft, uh, soft lob.
2: A little of both, obviously. Uh, but um, props to Birmingham for pulling off a, a really well executed set piece and noticing where teams or the Hounds might be a little soft in barking and exploiting that crack. I think that's just that's good prep by them.
0: Well, if you notice in the celebration, they all a bunch of them start pointing to, to the one assistant coach, which. Leads me to believe that they saw something on tape that they could exploit mm-hmm. um that they they found something and and drew up a play to work around it and I mean to lob that header in that that's not terribly easy um that's that's three touches that all have to be pretty pretty on the mark uh so I want to say pretty well executed but uh yeah a little little too uh Everyone moving up on the on the second touch of the ball and then letting the header float in free. Uh, a little disappointing. Seth, what was your uh, takeaway from the goal?
1: Like something that they've definitely worked on in, on the training ground. So I thought it it felt like something that they were accustomed to. And I mean, like you said, I mean it takes three three well executed plays of the ball to execute that. But I, I think you know. They obviously had it drawn up and were comfortable enough to run it in that position. So, good on them. A couple minutes after the goal,
0: uh, Hounds make their next few substitutions. As Seth has pointed out, this would be off. This is now your your uh, your left side. Rivera and Mikael Williams come off. Jelani Pierce and Willie E Yang come on. Uh, I don't feel like too much changed because of these substitutions. That at least nothing that I noticed. Uh, just kept kept the, the train chugging down the tracks as best they could. Uh, Birmingham makes their next three subs, uh, taking off the, uh, the goal scorer, Kasim, uh, bringing on who will soon be a goal scorer in Bruno Lapa. And then the 86th minute former Hound, Ryan James, and his uh, bringing back the hair game after he lost it for a while, uh, comes into the game in the 86th minute. Thinking, how's this guy going to uh, end up really fucking the hounds over late in this game? But uh, but he does not, as we'll get to in a second here. Um, then we get to the 89th minute, and Bob makes his fifth change of three in the in the in regulation, and he pulls off his uh, favorite player of all time and his long-standing club captain, Kenardo Forbes, and brings on. Loney Edward Kizza, and I'm just going to say it right now and Don heard me and I think my brother heard me and someone else and basically my my statement was Something to the effect of are we throwing in the towel? You're taking off the club captain for Edward Kizza who already finds out He's he's not his contracts not being renewed by New England dude's gonna be looking for a job in a month And this is the guy who's gonna come in in the diamonds of this game Taking off the captain. Are you fucking kidding me? And um, I shut my mouth real, uh, real fast after that. First touch of the ball, heads it in, 1 1. Seth, uh, the rest of us can talk about the reaction at Bulldog. Uh, uh, wh- what was your reaction?
1: Fell to the ground. Like, I-, I was just like, I was at that point where I was like, on the phone had discord up was just kind of like watching the interaction in there. And I was, you know, I was starting to, I I felt sad boy season starting to hit me. Like I was starting to have to realize that a team that I was so high on back in the earlier part of the season thinking like we were a championship caliber team was potentially going to be knocked out in the first round in, in Alabama one nil. And I, I was, I think, I, was, I think like subconsciously I was starting to accept that fate already. And then, you know, what a, what a ball in by Mertz. I mean, he, I know we've, uh, we've talked plenty of shit on the, uh, the hounds crossing conversion of late. And Robbie just plays a stellar ball in and finds Kiz's head and just, I mean, I I just literally fell off the couch, like just couldn't even like hold my body up.
0: And what makes it a little more sweeter, I, I kind of lose it already. Uh, Mertz uh, ripping that ball off of former hound Ryan James uh, to, to make it all happen. So that was because I've taken note that no former hounds have scored on scored on the hounds this year, and kept that going. And Mertz. Doing doing Ryan James dirty and uh, kids that first touched the ball. One of those things if he was if he was closer to the goal when he got that header it probably doesn't work because there's not enough space for that for the angle to take effect. But from that, what seven eight yards out, enough space between that and the goal line that the angle puts it basically into the back corner. Yak. I know we've both been at bars when big goals have been scored, uh, either the Hounds or, or otherwise. Uh, that reaction was just fucking magnificent. Or at least it was for me. How, was, it, was it good for you too? Was
1: it
2: <laughs> as good for you as it was good for me? Damn right, baby. I haven't, I, mean, I haven't felt like that since the last time we scored a goal in Birmingham, which was the, the Mark 4 superhero goal. There hasn't been any like last second absolute sudden death. We need this goal right here right now, goals since that moment, at least when when uh when I'm at a big watch party like that um, It's kind of wild to look at because that was keys's first touch hasn't done much of note in the time that he's been here um and he was he was kind of far out I think it was even further than seven eight yards out, and it wasn't like he drilled that ball off of his head like it was all placement like you said Uh, I can't believe it got there but it just caught the goalkeeper napping it kind of caught everybody napping I'm looking at the screenshot of when the ball went in and there are so few Birmingham players in the box everyone's up migrating towards where Mertz fed the ball from and it's leaving the box like shockingly really empty as I'm looking at now I don't know if they just had well wait, I think
0: I think part wait, of that is cuz Ryan James had it and they're starting to transition the ball up the field and then it gets ripped away from it and in two touches it's going back into into the into the box. I think that plays part of it.
2: I don't wish hounds ill well at, for the most part after they leave Pittsburgh um but it doesn't seem like too many field players have good times once they leave Pittsburgh. Goalies are another story but play, positional players seem to not be the stars they were in Pittsburgh once they go elsewhere.
0: Quite true, quite true. Yeah, in the celebration, I mean, there was people at the bar clearly there for the Steelers game, and some of them got into it. Some of them, I mean, were watching, but not till totally they to, did. I think in the celebration, I started, I just randomly started hugging people, and someone, including someone who was just there watching the Steelers game and just got caught up in it. Uh, my apologies to that person, but so be it. <laughs> and with that, we're uh, we're we're playing an extra thirty minutes. Call Grandma, free soccer. Uh, first ten minutes in, not not too much happens in that at a time, and then uh, Mikey Lopez gets the ball. Uh, actually, fairly nice nice ball in, cross to the top of the box, and Bruno Lapa. Basically puts you in the exact same corner. I mean, on the on the carpet, but puts it in the same corner that uh, Kiza did 15 minutes earlier, and it's uh, two one bad guys. Seth, you thought there was any hope at this point, or uh, had 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 hope drained out of your body at this point?
1: No, I was sitting there. Uh, I was still optimistic. There was plenty of time. And. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't down at that point. The thing that kind of actually just to talk, talk about that goal was the fact that uh, the play that was immediately before it was the Birmingham player played it out of touch. But rather than letting it go out for a goal kick, forced us to take the deep corner that forced the turnover. So I thought that was a pretty good uh, a high IQ play from I'm not sure who it was to 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 really create that opportunity for them. Um, But no, I mean, I at that point, the way the the way the match had really opened up and the way the Hounds had put on. We were we had a much more attacking 10 field players out there than Birmingham did. So I, I felt still like the Hounds could go get
2: the equalizer. Yeah. I had felt yeah. fine-ish. Fine-ish. When the goal yeah. when the goal was scored. Like I was mostly accepted, but like we could we could still we can still get this. Cause we'd had we hadn't played that well, but in in the pursuit of the tying goal at the end of ex, at the end of regular time, you know, the hounds had started picking up a couple decent looks. Like they were putting something together. I'm like, all right, we just we'll just continue to get good looks and hope it goes in. It was immediately after this goal but Birmingham kept pushing, and it looked like we were just drained. Like any any hope of the last spark of energy that we had might have been completely toast after that goal. Like they just didn't have the fight in it once they were down one because it looked pretty bleak trying to defend for our lives for a couple minutes after that second goal. Another part, and
0: I should have mentioned this earlier, but I'll, I'll circle back to it now. Uh, during the substitutions and, and a little bit of formation change, we got Danny Griffin kind of dropping back into what I think could kindly be called the Tommy V role. Uh, a little more defensive midfield position, but kind of a bit engine room in the same regards. And we saw this really for the first time that I can remember just last week at, at Oakland. Uh, and I think I, I was in the back of my mind, but I didn't say it last week. Is this Bob tinkering with ideas for the playoffs? But then he, he busts out here. And that fucking guy can play pretty much on the field, can he?
2: Special player. I think, he, I think he's too good for us, but I'm glad he's here.
0: You shut your whore mouth.
2: One of those things,
1: especially when you get into a late-game situation like that, where it, it does give you the capability of having that guy that can build out in the back for you. Who can probably make a more direct over the top kind of ball than your traditional center back is going to be able to. So I, I, I did call it the Tommy V move last week on the podcast. So it, it did definitely, I mean, he definitely he plays it well. And especially when you get into that in, you know, extra time, they start, they start trying to like dump the ball. Uh, good old Murphy dump it in to try to like, Reset on defense. It gives you the somebody with that attacking mindset who's going to transition much quicker back to offense than center backs are naturally predisposed to do.
0: Are we all assuming this was this was Bob tinkering last week to see if he had something to play with this week, or or because I I do not I can't think of a time where where this has happened before, but uh, is this just Bob playing with some chess pieces.
2: Like I said last week, I think it was originally done out of necessity because we were short bodies against Oakland, but then realized once it worked pretty well against Oakland, you know, he might have something here. I hope he pulls it off again. I hope he uses it at least a little bit next week too. Spoiler alert. Uh,
0: 107th minute. Uh, so, in the, Bob uses his, his sixth sub that he gets because uh, they're playing uh, the extra half hour. So, Bob waits about eight minutes or so after the goal, does not make the substitution immediately, but lets it play out, see where uh, what the response is going to be. Then uh, brings on Mark Ibera for Robbie Mertz. I will assume this is a, a legs thing because it doesn't come off as a terribly... Attacking type of move um, But it's the move that is made uh, That is the last substitute available on the bench unless you you bring your backup keeper to play in an outfield position and uh, Things go quiet for another seven eight minutes or so and then uh, I don't even know how you want to describe this I mean it Beautiful second division soccer playoff craziness ensues. Uh, you've all seen it. Uh, there's a turnover in the midfield. Uh, tracking back on defense is uh, uh, Zach uh, Haravu. He runs into the the goal or into the ref. He falls down. The ref is kind of clutching his eye a little bit, uh, and just like that. Uh, Secret weapon, Willie E. Yang, and, and takes the ball off of, uh, well, picks up the ball down left-hand side, keeps it on the carpet, brings it in, goes past the call players, and uh, there's Eddie Kiza popping in for 2-2. Seth, did you wake up the neighborhood on this one?
1: to call out here that uh, those were our officials, according to Twitter. Um, uh, you, so are you pulling off
0: while you're gathering receipts? You also picked up some of these notes as well.
1: I have a I have a pretty good memory when it comes to petty shit like this. So uh, you know, I those were our referees. Uh, this is the WWE USL, and uh, so obviously, in the interest of the the script was already written that the Hounds were going to win this match. So. They needed, they needed the heel turn, and it was the ref running into the Birmingham player, taking him down, subsequently taking himself out of the match as well. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, you know, I feel like every high school and professional soccer, like playoff match I've ever been to that comes down to like a one goal, there's always that like slow motion ball through the box keeper getting beat moment and this just fit the mold. Like this was the exact like opposite feeling I had of watching uh, Louisville get that one in the second extra time against us in eighteen or nineteen I guess. So this was uh this I yeah, I I was just like at a loss of words at that point. This was probably like the I think this was like the third or fourth time my part Felt like it left the body.
0: See, I'm saying and this is... Still, the...
1: possibly, still possibly heartburn. So,
0: <laughs> You gotta watch what you eat uh, before the match on Saturday, man. I'm gonna say this was like the anti-WWE thing. Because, I mean, what's the old trope, especially like in earlys and, and early ni- like 80s, early 90s pro wrestling. Like if you breathed on the referee a little too hard, he was like knocked out for 10 minutes. So you could do all, all the chaos could ensue in the ring. But this was like the opposite of that. They the, they collide. The the professional athlete goes down, and the the ref just kind of shakes it off for a second and keeps going. It was like anti uh, wrestling theatrics. Um, not to, to diminish injuries or potential injuries or anything like that. It's not a a terribly good look when the when the ref keeps up with the play and the and the player. Goes down and just stays down um, for what it's worth. I mean, obviously, they both end up coming out of the game, so that's not uh, – I mean, obviously, there was, there was something to to the contact, but, uh, you know, ref could play through it. And uh, not, every,
2: not every head-to-head collision, though, results in the same, like, ending for both dudes' heads. Oh, I like, agree with that. I'm just saying sometimes on the just, look-wise, what's the perception?
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to, to play doctorate like that. But, a yeah, people were
2: pitching online uh, about because it was a head injury to the Birmingham player that that is an injury that typically gets whistled. Jos, you are a referee. What what do you feel about that? Was it a missed call technically? Uh, here, here's – okay. Here's – I I mean, I've watched
0: – as we pray all have. I've watched – the the highlights and I've watched the game back and, and the highlights a thousand times and the the game a second time. It took me a a, a lot of viewings out to actually realize that they collided head to head. Um the ref is not looking very clearly the ref is, is is the lead of the two guys that make contact. He probably has no great idea what he made contact with. Uh, and he doesn't look back to see what it is. Uh, he just he, he stays up with the play. I don't think he has a reasonable ability to, to realize that there is a, a head injury behind him. He is shaking off his own little bit of contact and stays up with the play. And again, it, to me it wasn't very apparent that, that they collided heads. I thought for the longest time it was like a it was like an elbow or a shoulder to to the referee's temple area, not a not like a forehead to forehead or forehead to temple type of contact. Um, so, to me, I I don't think it's unreasonable to keep that play going. Uh, furthermore, it's 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 not a terribly good look to to whistle play dead when a team's attacking what five on three at that point.
2: Yeah, it was total fast break point. Uh, already the second that that ball was in a hound's player 's foot
0: you know also and you 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 blow that dead in the the diamonds of the second over you know added extra time it 's also not a great look so i mean I, I just i guess in conclusion i don't think there was a there was a clear cut answer in this um and that 's the beauty of uh Playoff soccer. Sometimes chaos takes 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 hold, and everyone knows I love some chaos. Uh yeah, better reaction at the bar. First score of the second goal.
2: Second goal, I think.
0: It's hard to know because, ah. like, it was all. Speaking of it chaos, blur it blurred in. At, it, at it was at full chaos. Point.
2: And again we had started leeching Steelers fans eyeballs to our game suddenly the ball the the bar amoeba was becoming increasingly attached to the hounds game and it was just everybody was standing everybody was moving around talking to everybody else like uh it was it was open floor at that point it was it was absolute bananas
0: The difference to me is you could see the second goal coming also you saw the break come so there was a bit of a Energy rising in the room for the you know five seconds leading up to the goal, as as opposed to the first that just that shit came out of nowhere. So it was more mm-hmm. reactionary than it was anticipatory. Um, but fucking how are like playoff goal hugs like some of the best hugs
2: out there. It built differently, man.
0: Yeah. Just beauty, just absolutely beautiful stuff, man. Loved it. Uh, long delay because of uh, the referee trying to get stitched up. Eventually, does not. They actually swap out with the fourth official. Uh, play off the last few minutes, and then we're going going to kicks from the mark.
2: Did the original head ref become the fourth ref then, yes. or did he just? Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, he, he falls back and, and becomes the fourth official.
2: I know if he was stayed involved or if he was like, go to the locker room, kid, you're you're done for the day.
0: No, there's actually a, somewhere in the I think during the kicks, oh, it was um, during Yabara's kick, I believe, they is when the first time some, some of those mini balls got thrown in the field. And so there was a delay and they, they they cut back to who was the 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 ref, now the fourth official, talking to Bob about what's going on. He has this, this big ass dopey looking bandage over his head um as he's trying to you know he looks i mean somewhat in all respects he looks kind of sad and pathetic with like the disheveled shirt and this big ass bandage over his forehead uh trying to still be the presence of authority with bob who looks very annoyed at the whole situation um so i took up a little bit of pleasure in that and just uh, playoff chaos man playoff chaos um, I, want to po-
2: I want to point out real quick that just, at no point in extra time of overtime did we know how many minutes were left. Because they threw up four minutes originally once 120 minutes had passed, but it took more than four or five just to get him bandaged up and restart play. So yeah, it so we, it, it
0: became four from whatever point that they actually restarted play, which at that point, was anyone actually paying attention to at the clock at that point? Because I know I wasn't. Who, who the hell knows? Yeah. Hopefully one of them was. Cause I, it wasn't I, me. I,
1: I looked up and the clock was up to one twenty four when they added four. And I was sitting there, like and I I think I like put this in the Discord, like for the last from one twenty to one thirty, I had no idea how much time was actually left to play in the match because of the events that happened, plus then you have the ref apparently who is just concussed making the i'm guessing he i'm guessing they went off his watch to add the four yeah i mean in
0: theory the the the, the, the correct procedure is when you have a a big delay at the end of the half or whatever you know the, the period of play you show the added time when play eventually resumes i never I, if they showed the board at that at any point i i don't know obviously i was busy hugging people at that point so again it, if they, if they had not shown the board at one twenty, it should have been whenever resume, play resumed, they would show the four minutes and they go off of there. And I think it ended at, what, one thirty?
2: At least one thirty, yeah. yeah. So uh, it, even so for if, re-
0: if it resumed at um, one twenty four, one twenty five, they may have shown four and may have squeaked out a fifth minute from there somewhere. But
1: so be it. Uh, however... I think there was another blood stoppage. The guy who came on... Before Haribo wound up, uh, he wound up getting, uh, they had to shove a gauze uh, strip into his nose.
0: That would be a, a Grayson DuPont who who comes in to be a, a key figure in, in the final events here as well. However, that's not the only substitution they make uh, in the diamonds of, of second added extra time. They do the Haravo uh, uh, out, Grayson DuPont in, and then... They switch out their goalkeepers. Uh, teams number one, Matt Van Ockel, uh, inv- who infamously gave up seven to the Hounds three years ago. He makes way for Trevor uh, Spangenberg, who famously gave up the Mark Forrest goal the week before Van Ockel gave up seven goals to the Hounds. And they apparently have a penalty uh, penalty kick specialist in their backup keeper. Seth, your thoughts on, on bringing in the backup cold for PKs?
1: A strange way to approach it. Uh, I, I just I think that in in a game of that magnitude where you've had a guy out there with everybody for 130 minutes at that point and or 120 I guess. Uh, and has been out there is loose has you know seen the ball flying around all night i i feel like that guy is much more in tune to the game and i would i mean and un, unless like birmingham just absolutely thinks that van okel is absolute trash at pens which obviously must be the the case uh to make the move i, I don't think it makes sense it it feels like you. It feels like starting uh, pulling a starting pitcher late, going up against somebody who he's had good success against in the past. Just doesn't like. I'm not a sports psychologist. I have no idea from the that piece of it. But as somebody who's played sports for most of my life, I, I would have to. I I would just think it would be a very difficult situation to get up off the bench, take the take the sweatsuit off and get thrown into that situation
0: yeah my response when i saw them making the keeper change was holy shit they're doing that what was yours
2: uh probably pretty similar matt van okel is 35 years old or something he's been around lower league soccer for like 15 years he's one of the best keepers in this league and he's clearly seen some shit he's been he's a very grizzled vet i, I'm, I can't imagine his playoff experience is that extensive because birmingham's playoff experience is not that extensive but extensive enough to, not, to
0: go over to against the hounds and pk's a couple years ago
2: i could not believe that they took off mad mad van okel I, I don't care that spangenberg may or may not be a, a pk specialist it just does not make sense to me and it was like i was beside myself in a good way that they did this it was i might have been the first time all game where i'm like we have this guys we're now going to win here's my well wi- i know that for all I no spangenberg hasn't played a professional game since he gave up the mark four goal. he might have been sitting on the bench for like three years
0: i didn't even look up how many, how many minutes he played this year it's not worth looking up now here's my wild theory that could be completely accurate or total bullshit at this point, does it play into the Hounds' hands that they've only had one PK this year, and the person who took it is not on the field, meaning they have, they being Birmingham, have no video of Hounds taking PKs or any of these guys taking PKs? You're looking if if they were doing research that far back, they're looking at, at guys from years previous, and you're looking at a bunch of guys who played especially if you're looking like a Toby Sims or Arturo Ordonez or guys like that guys who have not taken a professional PK ever and you're looking through their college stuff not saying that Arturo Odones has taken a lot of PKs as a as a pit defender but is it, is it in that point the thing we've been bitching about all year about the hounds not getting PKs that suddenly turn into a positive that there is no real video to study of what these guys tendency would be uh, any any thought that I could be onto something, or am I just like just being a total bullshit artist? Yak.
2: It's it's believable, but I don't buy it. I, I'm, I'm I would rather have experience than uh, the the no. The I'm no not saying I'm stuff. not saying
0: it's better. I'm just saying does it turn to a positive in that moment? Of course, I'd rather have a lot of PKs throughout the year. A but, little bit. But in this moment, is has this now returned this negative into a positive? Sure. Yeah, Seth, make me feel good about myself.
1: Dan, I think you know, like you said, there's no video, hardly of these guys taking PKs. So you're not, you know, there's no stats on their tendencies, what way they're going hard, you know, are they are they shooting it hard towards corners, low, anything like that. I I, I agree with you. I I w- I am uh, in the same line of thinking.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just quickly looking at their... So guys who 33 had... 33 matches for them. Guys who took penalties for him. Prosper Cassim was out of the game. Aguadelo was... Out. Out. Off. Bruno Lapa was in and failed to convert his. And Matteo... Uh, Bunbury was not in the game.
2: So He's, there's I at least one guy. Like Balorabie Balor- hmm? was in the game at that point. He was subbed in. Who was in?
0: Did
2: you say Balorabie as the last one? No, Bunbury. Oh. Mateo Bunbury. I'm sorry, I misheard. Yeah. I don't even know who that is. I came and see him.
0: Yeah, he wasn't even on the 18.
1: <sighs> it felt to me like it was like the opposite of the Beth Steel penalties. So, like God. where we had, like where we had flipped over and had a bunch of defensive players on uh, that weren't used to taking penalties. I mean, obviously we didn't have experience at penalties, but it felt like at least we had guys that are more confident with the ball in their foot. Yep. I I felt I felt like after one thirty, penalties were in the Hounds' favor at that point.
0: There's also the part that we've seen uh, Jamalia Wait save a couple penalties this year. Like the guy, at least he—I felt like he gave us a chance. Uh, going back to the the, the penalties with uh, Birmingham back in 2018, it it—I mean, you almost had to expect like someone needs to miss the net because or just have a really bad take because there wasn't going to be a, 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 a an intentional save at any point.
1: The impressive part of it was all 20 were on frame.
0: Yeah, no one, no one missed the... Yeah, no one was off target. Which I think is nice okay. in terms of just like adding to the drama. Everyone's, you know, at least hitting the target from 12 yards out.
1: Honestly, <sighs> As as we were getting deeper into the penalties, and especially when we like it got to like eight and nine, like rounds eight and nine, my mind as a Manchester United fan was I was almost back to the uh, Europa 2020, I believe, final, whenever they lost in penalties to Villarreal, and it was De Gea who had a fin- fantastic uh, penalties in in net. Ha- turned around and had to take the penalty and got stopped by the opposing keeper. Oh, I so forgot about my that. mind. I, I have like, I had apparently a little more PTSD from that moment than I had given myself credit for. So that notion started coming into my mind. So I was like, I, I was like getting really antsy at that point.
0: Jamali wait, saves the first two yak. Did you think, did you think it was over at that point?
2: I did. I 100% did. I was like, we just need two good results out of the next, how many is that, six takers. Like, we got this. It is in the bag. We did it.
0: Seth, did you think it was over at that point?
1: Honestly, after he stops the first one, and Toby Sims just comes up and... You want to talk about a professional penalty take. Like, he he's comes up there, he stands directly behind the ball, and then just hops over to his left and comes through with that right. Like, that was, I mean, I was really impressed. I know we've talked about, like, is he a defenseman? Is he a midfielder? Like, what's the deal with this guy? That, I mean, he looked like somebody who knew what he was doing in that situation.
0: He's he, He's a fucking athlete is what he is. Dude's an athlete, and he's got he's got ice coursing through the veins.
2: Very clearly, just the yeah. ballsiest dude there. When all the next hounds penalty takers are all of our most experienced dudes still in the field and our forwards, like Toby sims Wester showed up to the to the post uh, ex- extra time huddle and was like, "I want this ball. Give me the fucking ball right now."
0: Yeah, because I mean, after that, you got you got Griffin Dequa, and Sis Ryan ones next. But you you go to your your rookie defenseman, and yeah, I'll set the tone. And he, he just went out there and did a job. God, he better be back with the team next year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he better. be. He better be fucking back with the team next year.
1: Fuck. I think going. You have to think going into a playoff match like this. Like Bob probably had a penalty kick lineup drawn out, and he's probably sitting there looking at it, going. Dixon off, Forbes off, Mertz off, Rivera off. Like he's probably like completely, like, he, I mean, we wound up going 10, but Bob probably on his list is looking at like four through 14 at this point. So, I mean,
0: of of the five who went first, two two were guys off the bench and three were starters. So, I mean – I, I yeah, do you walk in? Do you, have, do you have a list of five made before the match, and you're you you are assuming if we go 120, these are the guys are going to be on the field. Um, or
2: I, I just go with whoever's feeling themselves. I feel like it's all a, it's all a mental thing. You
0: think you think it's Bob all... did a vibe check?
2: I think Bob did a vibe check. why like Toby Simms was the first guy. Toby Simms absolutely was a vibe check.
0: I mean, I can't disagree with you with that because Toby's vibes were were real fucking good. To which I let me let me let me ask the inverse. That we'll just skip right ahead to the end. If Toby's vibes were that good, where was Edward Kizza's at that point?
2: Okay, you know what? I have no goddamn idea. This dude had to have been in cloud nine with his confidence, and he was taken tenth. I have no idea.
1: Sitting there, going like, okay, Kizza is a forward. How is he not gone already? Like, an, unless he's just absolutely trash at penalties in training that bob was like i'm he is last resort i i was shocked that he was waiting uh, that he was standing there waiting to be the 10th guy absolutely shocked
0: and no offense I, to willie i thought Yang, maybe but that what's he going fifth like that was slightly bizarre to me
2: i thought maybe kiza was like i want to be the i want to be the final dagger i want to end it all I, I had that thought through my mind. And why, why didn't he go fourth or fifth? If he scored, it would have ended the game, but whatever.
0: On the, Looking at it from Birmingham's perspective, the fact that Enzo Martinez, who is their fucking engine, was going fifth, which means there was a chance he was not going to even take a kick at all, seems crazy to me. I mean, it would have been a really bad look if, if this scene ends in, in four rounds and that guy is still waiting to take a kick.
2: it's slightly i think like they got they got to get there to begin with they needed saves I, I don't know and enzo martinez like that dude his
1: uh his uh like level of uh, antagonist has like grown greatly throughout this year like i'm not going to i'm not going to give him the credit of like a james chambers or someone like that but I, I like can confidently say like I do not like that dude.
0: No, he knows how to shit house. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. I, I mean, guess. if there's ever if there's ever a Tay to bring it up, it's spot kicks in overtime. Yeah. That dude's gone. Uh, he's he's coaching somewhere now.
2: I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I've,
0: I I can't remember where it was at, but yeah, his name just came up uh, attached to a coaching gig. Good for him. Gosh. Um, uh, so I mentioned before we had the there was a stoppage before Ybarra uh, took his kick where that was the first of those mini balls you can throw on the field uh, Mark buries his and then starts uh, he starts waving to the crowd I think he made Bloom kisses at some point I, I fucking love rounding that crowd up like that absolutely
2: that's, a, that's another rookie with, with, with that kind of ego good for him man
0: yeah, it was fucking great. Um it
2: was like
1: Spengenberg was like trying to get the crowd in. He was like he was arm pumping the crowd to get into it as they're cleaning the mini balls off the field. Like,
0: yeah. Oh no, he was he was more and happy, and he noticed, especially as as that went further and further on, he was taking more and more time to get back on his line, trying to trying to. I'll assume sort of like ice the kicker a little bit, like let him have to think about it a little bit longer. Like he was deliberately trying to delay these kicks from from taking place, just just not enough to get booked or anything like that, but enough to to try to win the the psychological battle. He was he knew what he was doing.
1: Something that really shocked me about the spot kicks at the end was I feel like we live in the day now. Where like anytime you see a penalty, I, I, not at any time, but I feel like probably at least for me, it feels like one out of every three penalties in the Premier League gets retaken because the keeper has, a, has both feet off the line. I was shocked that no kicks were retaken because of that.
0: And I, I was watching on the replays. I don't I don't remember one where it's like, ooh that was even close, like spe- uh, especially on like weights saves. His left foot was not coming off that the heel of his left foot was not coming off the line at all like clearly uh, he he was figuring out how to get that that little read read where he thought the kick was going and then get that get the right foot forward most times the right foot forward and then and kind of then jump off the left also how about the usl busted out this like uh this little camera from behind the the kicker i thought that was like when did we start having some sort of like production budget for shit like that
1: production quality of sunday's match was exceptional like even before the game they were doing like the like uh, uh like when they were doing like they like circled around the coaches as they were doing like oh it's the right they had both
0: of them the, like in, in the same like 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 continuous shot they showed both coaches
1: yeah i forgot about Bur- that hats off hats off to birmingham or usl whoever was in charge of production for that match it was it was top-notch So, uh, Jamal Waite saves
0: the aforementioned, uh, DuPont who came in in the 120th minute. I like on the on the highlight clip, it's the, the announcers mentioning this is only his fifth game of the year as he, as his, I mean, really pitiful shot is taken that uh, Waite reads like a fucking book. And then, uh, Eddie Kizza comes in, I guess did not have good vibes, maybe, and comes in, kicks 10th, and, um, and, and ends that game. And just as he did on the second goal, he, he puts the plugs the plugs the uh the ears as he kinda sidesteps in front of the section and just, just basks in their fucking hatred for him. And um I'm just gonna say when when the Hounds build the the Eddie Kizza statue somewhere, one, it needs the pose needs to be him with his uh fingers plugged in his ears. And if they have to to direct the statue so it is facing towards Birmingham. Wherever it is on on the uh the grounds of Highmark Stadium. It just has to be directly facing towards Birmingham.
1: Make it happen. Yeah. Incredible.
0: Uh, that one goes in again. As I said, when when it went the five five uh, or went to three three after five rounds, I was convinced they they had gifted the scene away. Felt a little more, just a little more optimistic when. Uh, Birmingham's tenth kick was saved. When Kizza buries it, uh, I was standing behind my brother. I think I lifted him off of off of his bar stool and completely into the air. Um, completely losing my shit, hugging anyone around me. <sighs> Yak, you were kind of in the air section of the bar where there was people just buried all around you. What uh, what happened on that side of the bar?
2: I don't. I. The first thing I remember was running around the bar and hugging the Jesse, the bar owner, and jumping up and down with him for a couple seconds before I returned to doing I don't know what. I don't know if I did any actions before that. I just remember being a, a ball of nerves and then just, yeah, and then loving anybody I could find. But I distinctly remember running around the bar and hugging Jesse, the bar owner.
0: Seth, was is he losing his shit?
1: Actually, so Lashandra had just came out of putting Izzy down to bed uh, whenever penalties started. So uh, as the person who's been uh, continually drowned, uh, gra- uh, dragged to Hounds games over the last five-plus years, uh, we got to actually watch the penalties together. And as the person who stood there and consoled me after Beth Steele and after the Louisville 19 and watched me be completely miserable after the last Louisville playoff loss. Uh, it, it felt pretty nice that we could actually stand there and celebrate uh, a penalty win. So we were we were pretty excited. We were trying to keep uh, the dog at bay because the dog wasn't understanding of why we were kind of jumping around the living room a little bit. So had to keep the dog quiet. But yeah, it was it was great to be able to Experience that with my wife, and uh, finally see the Hounds get back in the correct side of a playoff result.
0: Yeah, uh, the next half hour was basically a blur. I totally forgot that there was even a Steelers game on at the bar. I was just sitting there muttering "holy shit" to myself, um, just drinking whatever drinks were like thrown in my within my wingspan at that point got annoyed that we weren't like why are we not throwing on the jukebox and getting all the jams going and it's like oh yeah there's a stereo game going on my bad Uh, fuck that felt just I mean it still feels good it just there's only so so many ways you can restate holy fuck that was great Uh, but holy fuck that was great holy fuck that That was great. great yeah I still put it behind the seven nil thrashing a couple years ago just because I was like exercising of demons and getting toughy out there in the second half in a in a monsoon just to, speaking of vibe checks, it was just like the, the greatest vibes you'll ever have and you knew for an hour how that game was gonna end. Um, so I'll put that above Sunday night, but not by that much. 'Cause sports are sports do dumb things to our psyche, don't they? I'll it required sure on my phone. But, this game required of me and, Sorry, go on.
1: Of me and Tuffy from actually, interestingly enough, that was exactly three years ago tonight was the Birmingham match.
0: I have oh, a selfie yes.
1: me and Tuffy stands in the flesh.
0: What a night! What a Those crazy, crazy times. night.
2: Good times are here again.
0: Yes, uh, this game required, as we mentioned before, seventeen of the eighteen players on on Bob's squad that night. Uh, hard to say you got the substitutions wrong at all, just based on on. Kizza coming, you know, scoring on the first touch, scoring in the in 118th 80, 18th minute, I think was the official time. Um, 16th. 16th. And then, you know, Ian misses the kick in spots uh, but has the assist. Toby off the bench going first, as we talked about. Just uh, for as much as we question the depth of the Riverhounds bench at times, uh, the depth worked out quite all right sunday night yak how, how are you feeling about uh all things bob lily at this moment
2: i was actually gonna ask um i'm i'm still very very positive on him uh, that that sounds like a weird question i feel like that's the de- i feel like that should be the default but apparently it's not it would does a result like this put to rest any mumblings of like hmm is should lily's seat be hot now or something because it is it is mumbling. I thoroughly disagreed, but yeah, so I silence it for now. I
0: mean, I I've disagreed with that. I mean, there's been moments this season where I've been annoyed, and I was getting very. We were, I mean, mere seconds away from having to declare that this the season was a step back from last season. Uh, if you look at the totality of, of the season, you might still be able to end up saying that, uh, you know, one. One game should not change the how the whole season played out even if it is a a first-round playoff game Uh, When the games in theory matter most he didn't seem to put a foot wrong. I mean I Sat there for a while questioning why Vosvic has basically gone missing and then uh, the guy who was signed as a, as a keeper after the season started and, and somehow became the number one, fucking played lights out. And the big expensive signing they made in the offseason doesn't make the 18, yet this guy that they picked up on loan from New England after he wasn't really getting minutes with Memphis comes up fucking huge. Uh, in these big moments, it's hard in the substitutions all worked out. it it's hard for me to say the guy put a, put a foot wrong this week. And if we're going to put more weight on playoff games than we will regular season games, which we can have that conversation at some other point, but if we're going to say that these games matter more, then you're going to be hard-pressed to make an argument that, uh, that this conversation needs to take place.
1: Seth, take a little bit more of a turn from you guys because I have been the one uh, who has thrown it out there on the over, overreaction Sunday that I thought that Bob was going to be relieved of his position at the end of this year. I I am more heavily waiting this weekend's match result than last weekend's as far as that goes not because of what i don't think i I think bob's absolutely the guy for the position but i there's been times this year where i've been wondering if the message has gotten old and uh culture change wouldn't be a bad thing so i'm I'm still kind of going to say that the jury in my mind is a little bit out as far as the hot seat talk goes, um, but I, I I'm eager to see if he can go out and put on another uh, masterclass like he did last
2: weekend.
0: The only pushback I give to that, and this this might be more of a conversation for the off season, but because i agree that the the message can get stale and that good coaches can run out their course in, in towns the difference being that all these guys are on one year contracts with an option year if the message gets in what's the the idiom or idiom is like it's always easier to replace the coach than it is to replace the players shit it might be easier to replace the players honestly and so if the message gets stale you you it, it at some point becomes easier, easier to swap out the pieces that are hearing the message instead of the messenger. Uh, so in other I, I scenarios...
1: Think I think this is definitely an off-season conversation because it, this has also been something of Bob's doing. Bob, as the guy with the control of roster, has set the team up in this fashion, that everybody's on this one plus club option type contract. So, I'm, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put away the demons for tonight and say that let's uh, let's move on to talk about this weekend and we can we can uh, uh, We can get into the philosophies later as to whether it's the uh, it's the as you said the the message or the messenger.
0: Yak, the Hounds play again this week. I don't know if you heard. Famously. Yeah. Going down to Louisville. uh, Hounds in Louisville have only played a couple times in the postseason. It uh, has yet to go the Hounds' way. See if they can change this week. 7.30 at Lynn Family Stadium on Saturday. Yak, what's your thoughts?
2: Well, I could look at all the stats of what Louisville did and compare River Hounds to Louisville um and there are some things that give us hope but like louisville is a juggernaut because they do just about everything very well and they run a roster that is like 17 players deep a bunch of players have 100 150 game experience with louisville it's 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 going to be very very tough Um, There's a reason why if we were to knock them out, it would be their worst result ever in the postseason because they know how to get shit done, and it's super fucking annoying. But sure, we can do it. Nice. Good insight.
0: Seth, uh, a bit more optimistic than Yak?
1: We're going to go to Louisville Saturday night. They're going to play 90 minutes professional soccer. And it's it's a playoff match. I mean I, I hate to get into the whole cliche of anything can happen, but I, I really believe that, and especially with the experience and the midfield that we have, I, I, I feel like I've harped on this multiple times, but like, I don't think, with the exception of some really elite players across the USL, uh, but with that you know, with them excluded from this statement, I really can't think of a better three that I'd rather in this system than Danny Kenny and Robbie. So I think with those three, and then you have the pace up top with Dequa, Russ, and alex Dixon i i I think we can we can find a, you know if we can find a goal early. And kind of make Louisville have to reconsider things a little bit more and not let, don't let them get into their, you know, yak touched on it. They're the juggernaut. They're the system. They, they don't rebuild. They just reload whatever you want to say about them. They've made the conference championship, I think seven years in a row or something like that. Like, and, and till you know, to quote Ric Flair, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man, and the Hounds have the opportunity to go do it.
0: Last time out against Louisville uh, at home, that nil nil, about two months ago, this starting lineup was basically the same as what the Hounds put out this past weekend at Birmingham, with the exception of Lonnie Peters was in for Shane Wheat, uh, playing four along the back. Um, and the, the midfield and, and attacking options were the exact same as what we saw this past week. And they were defensively very stout in that game. They they got shit done. Um, now you're it, taking it to Louisville. Um, to me, play it defensive like you did, did at home and... and Find the opportunity on the counter, or or just wait for them to make the mistake, which will be rare, if if any. And shit, after this past weekend, are are you you're not gonna be that upset if it, if it goes to kicks from the mark? You just saw what your guy could do. Um, you think they'd be feeling pretty confident about it? I'm not saying you're playing for uh, playing for penalty kicks, but you gotta feel somewhat confident about it. Uh, yak think this this team can go out there and uh get a result like they did a month and a half ago
2: i am actually pretty positive uh feeling about it i don't know for sure if it's going to happen obviously i don't i wouldn't call us i wouldn't even put it a 50 50 chance but i don't think it's going to be as ugly looking as the one game that we played in louisville this year uh where louisville basically snuffed out anything that we can do and um was pretty comprehensively a, a two nothing victory and it probably could have been worse than that easily. Um there's much to be said about Louisville's record against Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Um, but Pittsburgh's record in Louisville in all games is actually really solid, especially considering how rarely Louisville loses to anybody. Um I think it's a I think it's above five hundred record that Lilly has with, with Louisville. We tend to play well down there. Uh the game in April aside being Hopefully just an aberration. Um, I, I hope I hope we play bigger than we did. I think that's probably the one thing that we might have Louisville is size. Uh, and I, I, I hope we learned a lot from how we played when we did play at home against Pittsburgh. I don't think Louisville was trying their hardest to get three points there, but we definitely kept Louisville uh, at bay. And you know, we got to have at least some kind of adrenaline push right after last week's Uh, after last week's game. So, I have hope.
0: Seth, really random question, but just because Bob can be Bob at times and do things you're not expecting. If Bob Lilly was going to make a change to the lineup, what would it be?
1: Anything this match, you might see them go to more of a kind of rotated uh alignment and i think you see dixon possibly fall back into more of like a right wing back type of a role uh i, I think that's uh something that that would be the one thing i could see happening here um but the one thing i just want to touch on real quick is like i hate the notion of playing for penalty kicks i i think that's a loser mentality because that tells you that, that I think kind of if you if you go into that locker room, you know, 715 or I guess probably like 705 Saturday night and Bob sits down and looks at the guys and says, listen, we're going to go out there and try to grind out and park the bus for 120 minutes. That just feels like you're playing to lose at that point. I think if you take take this, you know, I, like I said, I think the rotate I think the alignment we see of the formation gets changed up a little bit uh going into saturday but if you take this lineup that's coming off a you know huge momentous win sunday night i think you do get a little bit of an advantage on the front that louisville did have a buy i saw somebody threw out a rumor that they allegedly scrimmaged uh st louis fc so I don't know what exactly you gain from playing. I, I, you know, I'd be nervous as hell playing a scrimmage on a bye week with the, you know, potential injury concern there. Uh, but obviously, you know, they kind of went through the motions last week too. I feel like having the momentum from last Sunday, playing a team that w- was off, might be a little cold, might come out uh, a little. Uh, less uh fresh than the hounds as far as that goes they might come out a little bit uh rusty i, I think you i think you might see the hounds come out and push a little bit in the first 15 and try to make something happen
2: i don't know about parking the bus like you said but i wouldn't want to try to go i i would Hope to avoid another two hour game no matter what. I don't know if we can do that in back to back weeks and still be like evenly strength when it comes to energy levels by the end of that 120 marathon again.
0: No, I'm, and I'm certainly not saying you're playing four penalty kicks, but also you get late in that game and it, you start feeling a little more confident about your chances, I'd say. Uh, if, and I think yeah, if if there's anything real positive to take out of this is I think everyone is going to feel more confident about the about the bench than they felt in years not years but weeks. Because uh, I didn't see that coming out of out of our depth, and I don't think a lot of people did. And fuck, they stepped up stepped up big. And it's been a while. <sighs> yeah. So, the plans for Saturday. Let's let's throw it out there. One, if you want to go to Kentucky, uh, check out Steel Army Discord. Look at the um, Steel Army Twitter page. Look at that Riverhound supporters group on on Facebook. The link for the tickets is there. Um, so we'll have a fi- give, figure out how many people are planning on going down there. Uh, People from Louisville have already reached out extending the, the tailgating olive branch. Not saying we people have to necessarily uh, grab hold of it, but that, uh, that invite's already been put out there. If going to Louisville is not in the cards for you, uh, same as last week, the Hounds are doing their thing at Mike's Beer Bar on the north side. We're doing our thing at uh, Bulldog in Morningside. Get to one of those two places, whatever your Whatever your speed is, just get out there somewhere. Either those places not uh, not available, get to your local bar. Tell them to, tell them to put the game on. There's no... Uh, even the local places don't have to worry about the Steelers game conflicting with it. Take over your local watering hole and, uh, and just be obnoxious enough that other people will start watching the game with you. Uh, Yak, yeah, I'm assuming your plan is Bulldog. Is that correct?
2: That would be the plan. Uh, in general, I would advise anybody listening that if you would like to guarantee yourself a seat or the ability to eat food at either of the watch parties it looked like both were standing room only during the course of the event so maybe get there a little early
0: yeah I got there probably 45 minutes before kickoff this past week and uh, probably still kind of a little too close I'd probably want to get there a little bit earlier this week Seth still going to be watching with the fam up north a little bit or uh, possibly making the journey down south towards the city
1: Big, I'm uh, a big momentum guy. I think I'm gonna probably, uh, you know, try to eat the same dinner, be in the same spot on the couch,
0: have the same heart, all that
1: kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, make sure the uh, the heartburn's ramped up. Um, one thing to mention though about the the official Hounds watch party, they tweeted out today. They're actually asking people to RSVP for it because they're expecting such a crowd. So. If you are anticipating on going to Mike's beer bar, go check the Hounds Twitter. Uh, there was a form on
2: there you had to fill out. So are you sure Jordan it's for the, the playoff game and not for a world cup thing? They, they're, they oh, have, you are right. They, they have registration okay. for both of them. My bad.
0: Yeah. And if you don't feel like registering, go to, go to Bulldog. There's no RSVP list for us. We'll just cram you in the corner somewhere. Guys, anything, anything I missed? Anything you want to add? Anything you need to tell the world, Seth? Uh,
1: I was as I was doing my uh, pre-show uh, studying for the first for the five minutes beforehand. Uh, the USL website calls out a stat that says that we've scored ninety-eight percent of our goals this season from inside the penalty area, with the only goal of the season coming outside the penalty box. Was the Canardo Forbes goal on March nineteenth? So that is absolutely wild to me. I know, I, I know, we score a lot of goals inside the eighteen, but for the fact that ninety-eight of them have come inside the penalty box, that is a stat that really, uh, really, kind of blew my mind.
0: Dear Louisville, just put eleven guys in the penalty box; you're good to go. That is kind of wild, though. But yeah, I mean, I think Shane Weed had one that was one of the hard for ones. I feel like he was close to being from outside the box, but close still means you're inside the box. Yak. Yeah. Final thoughts?
2: Is this the what did we learn today, or no? Uh,
0: sure. Let's say that.
2: Okay. But I didn't. I didn't get a chance to dump this stat when we were talking about the end of the Birmingham game. Uh, but I have the Hounds postseason record in front of me uh, all time in games that go up to 90 minutes and there's a couple numbers here and it's going to get more depressing real quick so we're going to see just how big of a change it was to win Sunday's game the Hounds are 2-5 and all time in games that end in or at the end of overtime. Is
0: this going into last weekend or including last weekend
2: after last weekend. Okay. Well, this one doesn't matter because we didn't win it at the end of overtime, but yeah, two and five, they're now two and three in PKs. So that's overall four and eight all time, uh, in games that go longer than 90 minutes. They broke a five game losing streak that dated back to, uh, 2014. Um, they, and this one's really bad. They had never beaten a professional team after 90 minutes before. They were they are now one and seven in <sighs> wow. cup knockout games against a professional team. Yes. Uh, Yos, do you remember? Do you remember the uh, other game that we won in penalties? Too. I, I imagine there's a good chance you were at that game. Uh, R.W.B. Adria. That is the one. Yes. How could the 13th I forget? Open Cup first round.
0: That. Uh... That was a special special night. if you have not gone down to uh the second round open cup games, that's that you are missing out. Uh, yeah, uh we were just shit talking the keeper the whole night he was trying to give it back to us, and then uh yeah, just good times, man. Is that the only time? yeah I get I mean so all these years there's only been three times it's gone to spot kicks since since High Mark's games opened. That game, the the Lehigh Valley game, and then uh, and then this past weekend, those are the only three penalty kick games in the.
2: Yeah, yeah the other yeah. two times with the PKs, I didn't write down where they were at, but it was 05 we lost to Des Moines Menace, uh, and in 09 we lost to Rochester, both in the Open Cup. They, I don't know if they were in Pittsburgh somewhere, or if they were away.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Now you got me thinking back. That's some crazy shit. Not the, let's uh, let's not bring this down on a high. Uh, Seth, give the people something to be excited about.
1: As I've uh previously mentioned, it's it's receipt season. Oh here we go. Yes. John Morris and John Morrissey has called for a three oh Louisville win this weekend. Ooh, so
0: John.
1: Is, is that USL tactics? That's tactics. Those yeah, that's, that's tactics. That's USL tactics. So uh, I'm getting some three-zero yard signs printed up tomorrow. <laughs> uh,
0: get the uh, get his P.O. box and start start. Yeah,
2: dudes out here rooting for the Empire over the freaking scrappy underdog. Screw that guy, at least for one week.
0: U.S.L. tactics supports soccer holdings L.L.C. Jesus, <laughs> are we some th- we... slander? Yeah. We'll save that conversation for the offseason as well, shouldn't we? Just saying, the might be uh, game might not be as heavily attended as you might expect. We'll leave it at that. Oh well, guys, it's been fun. Close to an hour and a half. That was, uh, and we didn't really even get into the all the mini ball throwing bullshit. Shout out to Shane Wheat for throwing out the double birds and and whipping the ball back into the crowd after the win. Um, we see you, and we appreciate you, Shane. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Hounsey. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Hounsey theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at stillarmypgh at gmail.com and put a podcast in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Yak and Seth, I'm Dan Yost, thank you for listening and we'll be back again soon.